Well, welcome to Daily Cyber. This is episode 247. My name is Brandon. Uh, I'm the cybersecurity account executive for Usado. I'm really excited today. I'm going to have Robert McFeely on the podcast today. We're going to be talking about Octega. I want to make sure I pronounce that correctly. Uh, it's going to be interesting because we're talking about Octega with their vision and belief that it is possible through innovation to bring simple, affordable, automated, and guided cybersecurity to small to medium to enterprise companies. They saw how small to medium to enterprise companies were under underserved in the way uh, in different ways to barrier of the complexity and cost. So I'm just kind of reading off their website. I think today's going to be a very interesting conversation that we're going to really kind of dive into how you know Robert's really seeing the industry and what he's seeing in cybersecurity and kind of how their company and their solutions are really innovating for 2021. So I'm really excited to kind of go through this conversation and learn about, you know, how Robert's really helping in 2021. So grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. Hey Robert, how's it going? How are you, Brandon? I'm well. Not bad. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Can we say happy these days? <laughs> we, we could. We could say it. Now, it just depends yeah. on how you're taking everything that's going on in the it's, world. It's an optimistic happy. It, it is. And I think we can, you know, through our own little environments, we can make it happy. <laughs> yes, yes, we can. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, how's your 2021 going so far? Well, uh, in Ireland here, we just we just entered a big lockdown, and uh, but like it's like it's like everywhere else, you know. You, you say that to people, and they're like, "Yeah, we're in lockdown too. We're in lockdown too." Well, you know, I'm 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 doing demos uh, across North America and the UK, and it's the same. It's the same all over. So you know, everyone's in the same boat. It, it's a it's a great leveler of of situation. You know, everyone's in the room like me, and you know, we're we're hanging in there. But uh, I guess we're all looking to the future. Yeah, I think. Uh... Here in Ontario, in Canada, we're mm -hmm. actually going to go into another, another lockdown. Another, uh, I was watching mm -hmm. the news, and we're even supposed to be more severe, more intense lockdown, just because our numbers are still increasing, and you know, yeah. trying to figure out, you know, how to lessen those numbers. And you know, they're talking about the vaccine getting out. So just all these kind of yeah. you know, challenges that you know, you know, pe so many people are going through. I mean, I had a colleague of mine just found out that he had COVID and I, and my, my son's going through it as well. He just got yeah. it and is not the end result. So, so yeah. many people are getting exposed to it. Yeah. That's stressful. 
It is. And I mean, it's, you know, knock on wood, you know, people are getting it and being able to heal from it and kind of mm. move on. And the yeah. ones that, you know, getting really sick, you know, the hospitals are doing their best to take care of them and, yeah. you yeah. know, look after them. And I think the challenge for hospitals, and we talk about, you know, security, and those is kind of the, the risk of it is the amount of people that, you know, are being admitted, the amount of people that are going yeah. in, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, it's, it's really, you know, everybody has to take uh, ownership of, of this. You know, when we see, like I heard recently, we thought we were bad here, you know, we're reaching, it's all about your ICU capacity, you know, your your health, your intensive care capacity on and how close to 0% it is. And I, we thought we were bad. And then I realized that California has 0% ICU capacity. Well, it was last week, right? right. And uh, it, it's happening the world over, you know, and when you reach, when you reach that sort of level of, of saturation, you know, the, better off right you, you you know you you could come in for something that you really shouldn't be you know serious for, for. could be a car accident and there's just no beds for you, you right know? you know exactly right and they're, they're mm -hmm. doing their best to manage right mm -hmm. the the flow of patients and things like that and it's you know i really appreciate and value kind of the healthcare oh, workers yeah. and all the work that they're doing right now since you know february you know some of them even earlier january of you know 2020 and all the hard work they're putting so it's absolutely yeah i have a lot of um connections and family and friends who are in the profession and man has it been a stressful year but anyway we plow on oh, oh exactly and i think for us one of the challenges, and I don't know if you found this in 2020 did you see a little bit of an increase in compromise and attacks yeah, I mean, I think it goes without saying. I think we did a blog a couple of days on, on our site and, and and it was obvious that there was an increase in attacks, but we had to do obviously use some bit of background research for the article and just looking over the figures and it's quite actually startling. And uh, it's it's quite horrible as well in a way, like immediately in March when all of this started happening, um, there was immediate attacks sort of preying on you know some people sometimes you know you go back to like hackers and that that idea from years ago and hackers were these cool people on skateboards and they had scruples you know um and and the, the attacks that came right after covid were all centered around you know there was attacks you know targeting the who email right and stuff like that and people were saying you know stuff about COVID, and people are already worried you know when you're really really worried you're just going to click on that thing and, and and that's a really nasty side of of things you know i mean look we all know the big attacks from you know like twitter i mean the election and mm -hmm. you know biden's uh, tr twitter getting breached and then trump had the had the stupid password and you know it like such high profile stuff and let's let's face it solarigate isn't that what they're calling it everything's yeah. navigate these days when it's when it's a <laughs> well, well there's a conspiracy behind it you know yeah yeah, yeah. you know what? i looked up i looked up that recently and um the watergate and it was like is that hotel still there and i looked it up and it is and, and i realized then they probably did well after the you know <laughs> from well, the yeah there's probably a lot of people for publicity or even just research as they're, you know, you got your conspiracist people that just want to do some research <laughs> on the history, right? And go yeah. that that location and kind of look at, you know, as they're reading through it and what happened mm. at that time, you know, to yeah. see kind of all that. But yeah, you look at the solar winds and, you know, FireEye was the first initial kind of, you know, media exposure that we kind of got yeah. to this, you know, first outbreak is that fire i got compromised and yeah. then as it progressed you know in the solar winds and the orion yeah. and kind of all that and then i don't think they still know and this is just my opinion i don't think they still know the impact right of no, the compromises. I would imagine there's a lot of organizations, especially federal organizations in the US which are quite slow to say because you know they might be you know 
defense mm-hmm. and things like that uh, i would imagine they might be slowly doing something natural and, and i think as well it's kind of what 2020 has kind of taught us is that there's no correlation between size and target Okay. You know, it's like it's like these big companies like um, Solar Winds and FireEye and this. They were big companies. You think, oh well, big companies they've got to be really, really secure, and that's just not the case. You know, there's still guys called Bob who leave a server open with password one two three four on it, <clears throat> and that and that, you know, that that comes down to the people and the organizations. And and like for example, you know, like the president's email being hacked and things like that. Those are also, you know, the the size doesn't matter. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the business email compromises about Microsoft Office showed that as well. People were just, judici- you know, unjudiciously attacking and, and selling on these things. It doesn't matter, you know, the bigger the company, they might sell it for a bit more. Smaller the company, they sell it for a bit less. But uh, but there right. doesn't seem to be a correlation of, of size and safety right. or size and risk, whichever way you want to look at it. So let me ask you this. I mean, then you brought up a good point. If we were going to debrief about 2020, what are like the top five things you'd pull out from we, we've learned at cybersecurity professionals from 2020? Well, I, I'm not so sure it's the, the professionals have learned as much as the rest of the people. Okay. Um, you know, you know, I think it's the minutes, the minute, right. You can imagine a small, I'm, I'm thinking, right, I live here in Galway in the West of Ireland. And, I'm, and I, whenever I picture these things, I picture maybe companies I've worked with or, or you know, companies that I know and, and who, who have IT systems. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I could think of them. They've been in the office every day. They work in the office. They don't do remote work. It's not a thing. They have PCs at their desks. And if they had to work from home, it would be like very, very strange and unusual. And they'd probably be doing it off their phone or something. And then suddenly they're all sent home. And the the normal worker is just carrying on. They get a laptop, they get it set up. And you know what? They just plow on. And then suddenly the, the, the CXOs or whatever they are suddenly realize I'm not in the office anymore. I felt secure when there was a blinking light in the corner of the room and and, and I could kind of square that away. And the perimeter was kind of the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, it's a strange idea in your head. I mean, it obviously it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that idea of the breaking down of the perimeter, I think the realization that maybe there was no perimeter, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think has been, has been what's learned a lot by the people on the ground. Um, uh, that for me has been the biggest learning curve, you know. I mean, I'm sh- obviously the the, the 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 cyber guys have learned a lot as well, but but really that realization, and I don't think that's going to change. We'll go back to the office, but I think people are going to realize this that, you know, half of their IT systems were yeah okay they were in house and they might have had a local on-premise exchange server or whatever it might be, you know, mm-hmm. but that could be open to the internet, and then they were using all these cloud and you've got the shadow IT stuff and you know their staff are using Evernote for example or you know, some kind of note taking system and they're putting, you know, uh, client stuff in there and they're thinking, well, this is safe because it's the cloud. And then suddenly they go outside and suddenly we realize that the, the perimeter isn't what we thought it was. Right. And I think that's been a wake up call. And maybe, I mean, God forbid, you know, that we, we, we had a global pandemic, but there's got to be silver linings to it. And maybe it's going to be, you know, one of them, as we always said, is is the remote work. You know, do we have to be in this office all the time? Do we have to be doing these horrible commutes? But but the other one is 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 in this security, I think, and okay. the realization that you know that security doesn't have boundaries, and and it all has to come back to us and our culture. Mm-hmm. No, totally makes sense. Now, uh, just a little housekeeping, guys. I, I see there's a, a few people watching. If you want to comment or ask questions of Robert or myself. 
uh, if you're on Twitch or on YouTube or, or you're on LinkedIn, you're watching this, you want to go over to those so social sites, comment. We'll bring in your, your questions and we'll, we'll go through them as we're going through this, uh, this stream and be able to answer any questions that you have live. So talking about that, Robert, now you talk about the landscape and how the perimeter changed all that. Mm. Something interesting I heard about mm. from Dr. Eric Cole was that the mindset changed of the actual locations because most companies mm. have one, maybe two, or maybe several locations. But when the employees went remote, mm. right, they didn't think of that as a new location. They didn't mm. think of that as a new, you know, that now I have 200 or say I've had 50 employees, mm. that 50 employees, now each employee is a completely new location that yes. I have to have security policies, yep. processes, systems. And I have to think about as an organization that now my company has expanded from two locations to mm. 56 locations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but, but was it always that way for a lot of companies, you know? And um, because like, if you, you think about it, I remember back in 2010 when I started my IT, I'm, I got out of some stuff I was previously in and I went into IT and I started working for Hewlett Packard and they had a remote work policy back then. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I would work half my week at home and, and, but, you know, there was like, and at one point, I remember I could get, you know, I think I could get an email on my phone, you know, that whole bring your own device thing. And uh, and that's kind of a gray area, right? And, and, and you know, maybe, maybe maybe these things in our pockets, the, the, these are our locations right. <laughs> as well, you know? Um, now, I don't think HP really have that risk with the bring your own devices, but a lot of companies do. Right. That's a gray area. For sure. Now, going, going forward, so you kind of recapped a little bit on the perimeter and what's going on. Mm. What do we need to look at for 2021? What are some things that you would say, like, if I was a CISO or, you know, in the C-suite kind of area, what do I start need to look at for 2021? Uh, okay, well, I mean, this obvious one is, is you know, remote and getting everybody, you know, secure remotely. Okay. Uh, realizing that you need to secure across your infrastructure, not just your on-premise stuff, but also your cloud stuff. And are you secure across your cloud stuff? And how how are you secure across your cloud stuff? It's not just well, don't put that kind of data in that sort of cloud. You know, if you're, you know, I mean, GDPR did great great education for that, and and obviously there's there's um uh, similar similar standards coming in over in, in your side of the pond. Um, but but that thing about remote is um. It's it's really it's really come to the fore. Um, it's uh, it's one of those things that we we've realized recently. And um, where was I going with this? The stuff that's coming in twenty one. We're we're going to have to educate our people okay. uh, more. You know, the the top to bottom. We can get it. We can go across our stack, right? And we can say, look, take a look at all of our on-premise infrastructure and then take a look at all our cloud stuff. And then you kind of got to move below that a little bit and say, well, who's operating all this stuff? And that's your people, right? right? And are the people educated? Okay. And, you know, and, and there's, in every company, there's tech savvy people. I and mean, when we think tech a lot, you're, you're tech, I'm tech, right? But we, in tech, people tend to think in tech. And you go to, you go to some accounting firm and Joe at reception, is he tech savvy? You know, older, I mean, I don't mean to be ageist, but older people tend to be less tech savvy than younger people, perhaps, maybe. You know and, what, the uh, funny thing is, I'm going to kind of stop you there. There's actually some guys, the older generation, that used to be the jack of all trades because- yeah. They used to have to be the guy, the mm -hmm. database, the website, the the server, like all that. So, 
having a little support for them. And I'm going to, you know, ages, I'm going to support these guys, the older guys, those, some of those guys had that kind of that knowledge where they had to learn coding, programming, networking, you know, at that time security, which wasn't defined, but they had to lock things down while being the desktop support while being, you know, the budget, the finance guy. So some of these guys from the old school, like I used to work on the Ontario government and, and you talk to some of the guys that had been around for years and you hear all the stuff they had to do. And I'll yeah. get, get me, don't get me wrong. The roles and the responsibilities have spread out and, and went deep. Right. Yeah. And we've expanded when it comes to technology. So completely agree on the outside. Like now mm-hmm. your, your cloud, your Amazon cloud, mm-hmm. that's a lot to learn and be able to, now, if you want to go over to Microsoft's cloud, that's yeah. a lot to learn and to develop and maybe you yeah. can cross over, but it's hard yeah. to keep up because Microsoft makes a change and now you're yeah. a newbie again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you, you, but, but, but your point while is very, very valid is still valid for maybe the IT sector a bit more than it would be, you know, you move outside of that and we're all on we're we all have it. We all have an it operation and some companies are it operations that realize, you know what they say about banks, you know, they're a, they're a, an it company with a banking license. Right. Um, and, and unless, IT oriented companies, but yet have IT, you get people of all shapes and ages and walks of life, and they are sometimes your risk surface. You know, for example, I mean, we, we, you know, we, we talk about like the breach into, into, into Congress and all of those people are now your risk surface because all the people walked into the office and you got the sticky note at the top of the thing. What's my password again? And, you know, are they using you know, password storage. Like, for example, the biggest eye opener for me in recent years was using we were using LastPass. But look, I don't, I'm not going to push LastPass. There's lots of good password, you know, managers. Right, a password manager is really, really important. It stops us sticking our password to the top of our to the top of our thing and 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 sharing a round of credentials and really those little soft skills. Mm-hmm. around security are the important thing like we take it for granted you know i can take anybody into the office and it's obvious lock the door after you came in if you're that or you're leaving in the nighttime lock the door when you go out and that's a soft skill we all know that you don't leave the office without locking it up because you know what the boss is going to give out to you tomorrow morning when he comes in and there's there's <laughs> the winds blowing through the office right. but do we have those soft skills in cybersecurity? you know and that's well, I think that I think that comes down to cybersecurity awareness training, right? Like not only just roles and responsibility and kind of that training of mm-hmm. understanding your policies, your procedures, sure. acceptable use policy, kind yes. of all those, but also cybersecurity, what you can and cannot do. And if you do this action, what's the actual repercussion? You know, yes. what actually can happen? And going through yeah. that that knowledge, that training to be able to say, if you click on this link, mm-hmm. you know, you could get malware downloaded and it'd be key longer, yeah. ransomware, anything along that line. And that now is your responsibility as a user. Yeah. Doesn't matter yeah. if you're IT, like top down, bottom up. Doesn't yeah. matter who you are. You're responsible for that action. Yeah, but but also you know it's a lot of companies they they said right you know a lot of companies have this mindset of risk and and you know mm-hmm. either I put take the risk on or I make somebody else risky for this and then but I, I write a contract so that I can sue them and then I'm okay. So you get an employee in the door and you give them a contract and you say well you have to do all these things in the contract and you probably don't read it and this is your IT security policy and nobody really reads it and and it's okay because it's there and they've signed up to it and therefore I can blame them. But who's actually going to be hurt when you when when they don't read that and then there's a breach it's the company it's the brand that's going to be hurt mm-hmm. you know uh, like i in a previous i won't i won't say where or when um 
place thing that I worked at. There right. was there was, a, there was a small breach, and and uh, these kind of people they knew that their password that they had, and they just never bothered changing it because it was shared around, and it was one of those sort of delegate accounts, and 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 they thought well we're too small and no one's ever going to, no one's ever going to try and breach this. And of course it was breached by bots, right? right. Let's go and try and pass over one, two, three, four. We'll try that. Boom. And then suddenly there was, there was emails about, about breast enlargements going out from their outbox, which was rather embarrassing. And, 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 and you know, and it's that kind of awareness. Um, and, and a lot of companies don't do those cyber trainings. You know, right. they say, there's your policy. You, you have to adhere to that. In the same way you've got all those other policies that you probably put in the top drawer right of work and you go, I'll read that later and you never do. Right. And I think that's important. That comes back down to like the environment, the education of the environment itself from top mm -hmm. down and the responsibility that the organization is taking on. Because again, you've got due care and due diligence at the C level where yeah. they have to make sure that they know of all the risks and they mm -hmm. have to, if, if there's something that is, there's a vulnerability, there's a risk, mm -hmm. they have to take the appropriate actions. Yes. Right? Now it might be, like yeah. you said, transference that we hire, we write a policy and that should be good enough or we mm -hmm. have insurance and that will cover it. And there's all different methods of, yeah. you know, hardening, you know, a system. Mm -hmm. But, at but, the, end but the, the insurance isn't really good enough, right? Because, you know, ha, ha, you can't, there's all these intangible costs to a breach. It's not just, you know, the indemnity cost that you, you're covered or whatever, you know, it's maybe it's the premium going up afterwards or it's your brand damage. And how do you quantify that? And how do you quantify just the fact that you ran around like a headless chicken for a week in complete panic or, you know, you lose trust in the people in your work and there's damage in so many ways. And, and it needs to be more than just that contract. It needs to be going okay we give them the contract but i really got to sit them down in a room for a week it's worth my business value to do this right and i think some of the tools that we use and i'm, I'm sure you're aware of that where mm -hmm. that actually has a validation of training right mm -hmm. the scoring of their training and mm -hmm. then you know a retraining if they don't score to a certain mm -hmm. level that you, you know the company organization has set as passable and yeah. then they have to go through cybersecurity awareness training to at least yeah. have a baseline, right? That yeah. everyone at least is trained up to that level. Now, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's human actions and people make mm -hmm. mistakes and whatever, but at least the awareness is at a certain baseline. But Brandon, do you think it needs to be more than just training? I feel it needs to be culture, right? Is I think the difference between someone who's trained and someone who's who evangelizes is a big difference, right? When you evangelize, it's a giving cross pollinating sort of a thing, right? When you've got a, you know, like, like, if you're worked in a company where there's great tech evangelists, they just keeps it just keeps spreading out from them, right? Or work in a company where everyone knows the spec, but you know, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to stick to this, but I don't actually do it. And, and it's, it's culture that evangelizes. Uh, so I think it's really cultural mind mindsets that, you know, and how do you train that? You know, that, that has to, you know, it's almost like you have to train the CXOs in a different way. You got to be evangelists for this. You got to understand it. And then you got to be an evangelist and for the sure. rest of the people, they got to learn it and they got to listen. And agree. Totally agree. Uh, and that's the top down, bottom up approach, right? Where mm -hmm. you have the top, top, you know, owners, C-suite, board of directors, all like subscribing to we're doing this like this is what we believe in and this is what we're doing and they're living it like you said they're living it and they're breathing it each and day versus yeah. yeah you know what that's our policy or company i'm going to do something different my password as you mm -hmm. know the chief cfo is gonna be one two three four five but you as our you know bookkeeper you need to have a 25 character password special characters you know for, <laughs> and all the different things so yes of course yeah. they, I, and i totally agree you, you have to have yeah. that 
yeah. total environment of yeah. everyone's bought into it, right? And I think the challenge yeah. is when you get to, you know, they talk about in, in CISSP, the confidentiality, data integrity, and availability, right? Or confidentiality, mm -hmm. integrity, and availability. Availability is so challenging because users want things easy, accessible. And yeah. you talk about like, and I'll use LastPass. I know users that don't want to use LastPass because it's too hard. It's too yeah. difficult. Because they have to sometimes copy the password when it doesn't fill it in. Or you get two-factor authentication. So you yeah. have to go log in, put in your password to the actual tool, right? The console, and then go and get the code mm -hmm. from, you know, some sort of Google authenticator and then put that code in. And all I'm trying to do is just log into my email. Like, oh my yeah. God, this is so hard, right? So Yeah, absolutely. And look, we, we gotta have you know, one thing is saying, you know, it's really easy to use MFA. MFA is not as easy to use as without MFA. Look, I just got a new phone. And, uh, and I still haven't got it set up with my Microsoft, so I'm doing the text message one for a couple of days. Right. right? Well, I, well, I get the time to set. I'm still using MFA, but, you know, and but it is harder to have to wait for the text message, you know, and it just is a little bit harder. Right. Uh, but we have to accept that. Right. And I think that's where the fine line of convenience and availability has gone. So, like, and you think about, yeah. it, like, if I talk to my grandparents and ask yeah. them about logging into computers and things like that, they mm -hmm. go grab a tea, you know, coffee, they come back. It's very relaxed. They're not like, like our generation and all that. It's like, yeah. it, it's not instant. I remember yeah. like someone was talking to me a joke about like, and they were showing that or they were, it was a sound bite of the, uh, the old fax machine. Yeah. Right. And you hear like, or actually no, it was internet. Sorry. It was internet dialing up internet. Oh yeah. Yeah. When you had to connect and you dialed in 33 K modem. Yeah. Yeah. So when you did that and you hear it dialing up and you had to wait till it connected before you get to the internet. Yeah. Like you think about it back to those times to now where it's like you open your computer, you click, you kick, you open up Chrome, Safari, whatever that may be. And you're yeah. on, you're good. You're gone. Yeah. We're that point where you had to click on uh net what was it uh netscape or yeah I'm trying to think of the other ones and you click on it and then it dials out right and you yeah. hear that that loud kind of crack yeah. and then your mom picks up the phone that was a big problem for me and then i was trying to download that song from napster right and right <laughs> mom <laughs> and then you get disconnected you have to start again you have to wait yeah 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 but and that i think that's where we've kind of lost in the sense of the process of working with technology is it's so convenient it's yeah. so convenient. We ex the expectation is, it should work. I should be able to do it right now. Yeah. Versus, yeah. it's going to take a little bit of time. Let's kind of wait. I'm going to go through yeah. this process of security, and that's going to yeah. help me be more safe. The organization be safe. My department, my colleagues, and I think, yeah. like you said, it's a little bit of a mindset change. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No. I definitely. And 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 you know, we're talking about phones there. And and just back to your question on you know things you see this year. You know coming up um I, I really think and i alluded to it earlier the the sort of the bring your own device yeah. problem right a lot of companies they, they they want you know i want to contact bob just in case everything goes pear-shaped over at night right and he's he's got his phone and and but i don't manage that phone and i don't know we don't have enough money or resources to tell bob i'm going to buy you a phone and bob doesn't want two phones so i say just install you know the email on your phone and access it through that does bob have a password if i can't tell bob to put a password on his phone it's his phone you know and there's a gray area there and it's not being addressed right and I think that's that's and if one thing we learned in 2020 is that, you know, constantly we're learning again. Right. Is is that threat actors are adapting all the time and, and they're just going to adapt to the net. They're moving on ahead, one step ahead every single time and they're learning. And, and I think the BYOD is going to be a is going to be a, a big area as well for 2020. Sorry, just for to not abbreviate. Yeah. For 2021. 
Yes. Yeah, I think so. So moving forward, like what is the best security approach, a small to medium size to enterprise with a yeah. tight budget right now? Cause I mean, we're in the pandemic, you know, the board of directors, C-suite are all now being very cost effective in what they're spending yeah. right now. How, what, how can they implement security? Uh, so I think firstly, it's, it's, you know, the realizations and evangelizing culture that, that that's cheap. Culture's cheap when, when it started at the right place mm-hmm. uh, training, it's, it's gotta be there. And then it's starting with, um, you know, it's not just taking a security solution that just does a vertical of, of your stack or a vertical of your area, you know, get virus scanners and on all the machines you got it. Like, I like the way NIST does it, you know, the, the protect, identify, protect, detect, re- remediate, respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's something we, we tried to do in, in our solution. Like Tiga, I won't, I won't peddle the product too much today, but, um, you know, it's that security journey, right? right? And, and we cannot just stand up some solutions and let them go you know it's okay we installed last year that thing on the computer it should be fine you know right. uh, you know why aren't smes getting monitoring you right. know for example i mean you know a lot of sim tools are quite difficult to set up it's something we focused on with in optigas to simplify the monitoring thing and also remediation we focused a bit on that as well and we're trying to focus on that whole security journey now we're doing it for office 365 but a lot of organizations just use office 365 as their main security mm-hmm risk surface right and 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 i really resonate well with with that kind of approach you can't you have to try to not get hacked and then you have to detect when you are hacked because you're not going to be perfect at the first mm-hmm. and then when you actually get breached you you got to get yourself out of the crap real quick uh, you know if, if you find that hack two months down the line you got a real problem you know right. especially since gdpr and, and 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 all that kind of stuff well even like exploration of data like i mean yeah. Some some uh, compromise, and you you kind of look at the the point of when they've got compromised to actually when they've detected it. Sometimes it can be up to six months to one year. Yeah, there was an IBM survey. They say it was like two hundred days or something like that. It's absolutely bananas. And and you know if you just had monitoring, you could. I'm not saying it would detect everything, but realistically, that that could be one day. It could be thirty minutes, right? No, right. Bob's not in that country. I deactivate account. You know. Right. Uh, and, and just as simple as that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Also, you got to kind of got NIST, the NIST kind of framework and sense mm-hmm. of detect, respond and remediate. Mm-hmm. What are the things would you recommend that people look at with a tight budget? You know, because you talked about culture and things along that line. Mm-hmm. Is there anything yeah. other, you, other areas you would recommend? Um, what else would I recommend? I mean, look, a lot of the soft things don't cost you too much. They might cost you time in the organization. You know, we can't start that project till next week, but that might be easier to, you know, get into the budget. You know, we just can't start it until next week. It's, you know, to, I don't know if to budget it, right? <laughs> it's a different way of thinking. Uh, you know, our, our security solution comes at a pretty low price point. That's what we're trying to, you know, give, you know, somebody a solution that where you can come in at a low price point and cover a big area. So it's it's sort of solutions that come in at a reasonable price point and cover as wide as possible. Um, but, you know, after that, it's got to come back to culture and people, you know, okay. and, and what pay, another thing is, is people, they, they sort of choose solutions as if all actors, male actors are external. Um, you know, uh, I, I did a demo to a guy I know recently, um, a friend in Ireland here, and uh, he was just saying how he had a guy working for him for a long time, got hired by another guy and just took all the accounts with him, you know, oh, wow. you know, and, and like, and, and none of them really said, you know, and and they he just he just lived 
to the whole lot of stuff and a lot of breaches with and sometimes they're negligence and sometimes they're mal actors but you know is it 50 percent actors are internal and so you've got to be detecting that stuff as well it's not just you know detecting phishing scams or whatever that can be you know you've got to you've got to cover while you're covering the whole security journey but you also got to look at 50 percent of breaches are internal you know wow. and probably half of those are mal you know are, are um negligence and half of those are are, are um you know malevolent and half of them are benevolent <laughs> if you like you know they're they're pl planned and half of them are just oops i forgot i left that you know i i left i i, I printed that out and took it to the the cafe <laughs> and left right. it on the table you know yeah i mean it's interesting when you when you bring that up because I mean you look at you know access points and then you know identity access management and mm -hmm. you look at you know even just you know privilege access management right like mm -hmm. IAM and PAM and all that so mm -hmm. those areas can be things that you know companies look at too you know for that concern is to make sure that the right people have the right access yeah. and then it's being monitored so there's no data loss prevention you know yeah. it's just well there's data loss prevention system up but there's no data yeah. loss so yeah. what happens is that the data starts to kind of go and uh, there's certain triggers like they're downloading gigabytes yeah. of data and also they're not supposed to it's a financial directory yeah that flags yeah. A, a report right or yeah. alert yeah and i think you know like you can spend time in the cloud offerings that you have like microsoft cloud offering has a whole lot of bells and whistles you got to know how to go in and configure that and that's a lot of what tiga try to do is simplify all that but if you go in there you can you can configure dlp settings right and yeah. and you can configure access settings and you know they're simple tricks right where people are saying like i gotta secure my teams and people are sharing stuff from teams so easily out and there's holes everywhere in my sharepoint right and and, and people are getting in from the outside even, maybe even accidentally and they're looking at folders where people didn't know they shared the whole folder not just the file or whatever and there's simple tricks like for example create an area in teams and tell everyone only share from that area for example like that and that doesn't cost you a penny you know right. they're just smart tricks right so more kind of the arch archetype and error uh, yeah and, and, and what fits your organization as well right and, right and you know like that that could fit my organization which is create an area and team and, and and one size doesn't fit all for security you know smaller companies sometimes a much simpler solution can work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so now talking about that like what are some of the misconceptions about like the cloud security yeah uh i suppose the, the one i like to say is the first misconception is the cloud is secure and the okay. second misconception is that the cloud is not secure okay <laughs> do you know the first one right is is that you know this has been managed by this big organization and therefore it must be secure but but you know these things come out of the box they're just it systems they just don't happen to be on your premise um and and they've got holes and they've got you know if i go into to microsoft 365 for example there's about 10 protocols that open up legacy authentication methods and you know outlook web access and different things that can really leave you open um, and you got to get in there and you got to get that configured correctly um, you know so you, you you can't just start using the cloud and assume that it's been used securely you know and also the people tie in with that as well right and i suppose the second one is that you know is the cloud you know the misconception that the cloud is is not secure people have this idea whoa it's not the blinking you know light in the corner of the room therefore you know it's not secure you know sometimes the machine that's out on the internet by that company well they have to they're very you know compliant of whatever standards are out there and 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 a lot more than bob who installed your blinking light in the corner so right. so, so it's funny it's it's you know the cloud the cloud brings more security but it brings less security it's just a different beast now what about the shared security model mm. what's your question what, what's your what's your thoughts on that like especially when it comes to the cloud Sorry, I don't follow. 
So some people like have, have talked about like uh, Amazon, their security models is what they could consider is called a shared security model, right? So we only take care of the internal environment, the servers, the, the oh, you're right, see what you're saying that, that environment. But you put it on whatever mm. data, whatever you as an organization are responsible. You know, yeah. we our line is right there. We'll secure yeah, the yeah, hardware right in the stack, and we will secure from here down in the stack. And but it's a cloud, and and you got to secure up the way. And look, that comes with the territory. You know, there's a certain point like you, you're building an application on top of a secure stack. If your application that you've built is full of holes, they cannot do anything about that. And we can't. You know, we have this terrible thing in our society of of um of it's somebody else's fault. You mm-hmm. know um we got to take ownership of these problems like if, if i make an web application on top of a really secure azure stack but i leave all of the apis open uh, with with no with no credentials on them and then you know i'm creating a problem and, and that's just the, that's the way of the world you know we have to embrace the ability to stand up fast cloud infrastructure uh you know with with open api i mean what really driven the internet is really api you know, what really has made it grow is, is like the REST API. It's like that standardization. But, you know, w- with that standardization is are you doing it securely? I mean, HTTPS is is kind of, you know, only now is it like becoming the default. It's like, you you know, talking about WhatsApp and Signal. And, you know, Signal is a strange thing over the side here that, you know, it's the secure messenger. Oh, I'll just use WhatsApp, you know, or no, no, no. Uh, like I use WhatsApp myself. I love it. But, you know, I'm not trying to be disingenuous to them or anything. But, you know, now people are kind of going, well, hang on, let's look at these more obscure HTTPS or, you know, encrypted end-to-end uh, um, offerings and, and that kind of thing. Well, I mean, I, I, you bring up WhatsApp. I mean, you know, from the news and what we're kind of hearing that now stream is that since Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg bought it, mm. now we're starting to have privacy issues and all that. But it was, like you said, initially secure end-to-end, you know, uh, chat platform, messaging right. platform, right? Mm. Now they're questioning, okay, is it really? And, you know, where's the data? And is it being shared and stored? Mm. And which w- it wasn't before. So, I mean, anyone that's watching this is going to see kind of that, that you know, mm-hmm news articles and you know blog posts and videos that are going on right now about it and you know people are moving over to different platforms now because they want the secure communication absolutely absolutely and and you you have to realize that anything you put out there is on a server somewhere and it's going to be there forever it's one of the first things i learned in the it world is don't put anything in digital that you don't want to stand over for the rest of your life <laughs> i remember when i was younger <clears throat> well not, not myself but a, I spoke to in a in a school, so I'm. It was younger. I was younger, but mm. I went to school and I talked up to, to. I think it was high school students, and mm. I was just kind of having a cybersecurity awareness training and just talking to them about right. what they need to be aware of. And that was one of the things that opened my eyes to how people don't really realize them hanging out, you know, doing different activities can affect their career. You know, five to ten years down the road is when they're going for an HR interview. And yeah. they do a, a a deep dive through their social media and and, and scrape it, and then yeah. see the people that they're hanging out with. They're like, they're not part of, they're not right for our culture. They're actually yeah. potentially a liability or a risk. We're not yeah. going to hire them. They're not going to tell them that. They're just not going to hire them. Yeah. And now the or, people are like, or, why can't I get hired? 
Yeah, or, or something that was okay one year, like in 20 years, what's not going to be okay as well, right? You know, uh, the, the, the Canadian president had that, or prime minister had that problem, didn't they, right? It was, you know, what what's what's okay in one generation, you think this is fine today, but in 20 years, that picture of me doing whatever, is that going to be cool then? Um, you know, like I remember coming, com- I was working as a postgrad, um, and uh, I remember looking at my mate's Facebook, and, and there was a picture of him, and he had a big doobie in his mouth and I said yeah. you know he was young and silly or whatever and 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 I said look you you need to take that down <laughs> that's not going to be cool forever <laughs> right and yeah like that those are the things you know and I, I like the ones I was talking were throwing gang signs right they mm-hmm. weren't gangs they were just young kids that were yeah. listening to rap and things like that but they're throwing gang signs well you just got to be careful someone watch it looking at doesn't know the context of that that you're just having trying to have fun right. and they don't realize you know you know, the depth of that. So doing that in your own brand, right? Your own brand and brand reputation that like you talked about brand a lot yeah. is that you got to be careful that your own brand as you're getting out there and mm-hmm. making sure it meets what you need in your environment, what you want. Yes. I know if you're a rapper and all that, and that's kind of your persona and all that, and you're maybe in clothing, whatever that may mm-hmm. be. And that's your niche. But if you're yeah. trying to go to say a corporate America job finance, let's say a bank that might not line up with what they want yeah. is their culture. So yeah. you just got to be very careful how you're moving forward and how your brand as an individual is being posted online. Yeah. The digital world is a hard one. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, when you're talking about cloud and, and security, what are some of the barriers that are preventing small companies right now from achieving, you know, adequate cybersecurity? Yeah, I mean, look, we touched on some of it earlier. I think it's it's that education is the first thing. and And it's not just you know, I don't have the money to educate my staff is that I might not, you know, have the knowledge to know where to start or even that it is a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, the organization that I talked about, you know, where I'd, I'd been previously and they had a breach there, there wasn't a, a cult like they didn't even know that this could have been a problem. Okay. You know? And there's a lot of organizations out there, you know, you take any, you know, some company that sells books in your local hometown and they've got a few stores and they've got an IT system and they might not have tech people, you know, and they've hired some local managed service provider to set up the thing, but they never asked about security and the managed service provider put some stuff in, but left them go because that's what all the contract they had. And then suddenly there's this big gap and nobody knows to even to start to ask the questions. Right. You know, I think that's a, that's a great barrier. It's reaching people to make them realize that, that, that this is a problem. Um, and, and that's that I think that's one of the barriers, you know, and that leads on to do you have the knowledge in house to do this or where do you start? Like you could even, you know, as, as we talked about earlier, everything is, needs to be so pronto and business has kind of gone with that. So if something's slow, it's automatically a major drag. So if I have to spend a day looking up what kind of solution I should even get in the first place, that's, you know, without even getting into that solution and then learning that solution, mm-hmm. that is feels like a major drag to my business. And, right. and, you know, and, and I think that's a major barrier for SMEs. Um, the other the other one I think is, and I alluded to it earlier on the size thing, is the naivety that it won't happen to me culture. Right. You know, you're, you're smaller. Is that kind of the. Yeah, I think so. Uh, look, we, we we deal with SMEs a lot in our business. And, and it's that thought that it won't happen to me because I'm small. But yet most 
hacking is probably bots i don't know like a lot of a lot of a lot of it out there is just you know trying endpoints and seeing you know seeing if, if, if some password and cycling through them and seeing if it works uh, and that's that idea that you know that kind of thinking um i suppose the other one is you know we get you get companies i we get asked and and you know companies say what's your do you have iso 27001 right uh, and you're a small company and iso 27001 is a big job to do you know? sure. and where where are you know this i don't think there are more but there maybe isn't enough standards in there or regulate regulatory pushes for smaller companies to achieve smaller goals you know i was looking listening to a podcast the other day you know we get these kind of podcasts after christmas where people say this is how you create a habit right is you you, you try and i love the line is try to be mediocre Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got to be mediocre first, you know, go out, just run to your gate and back. Do that every day. Right. <laughs> do you know, it's that habit forming thing. Right. And, and, and it's like it's like we need standards that are mediocre. We can't just say, well, look, it's ISO 27000. And we're going, yeah, OK, well, we'll do that next year. You know, you got to you got to start with, well, I'm going to achieve like the UK has one, uh, the Cyber Plus, and it, it's not too difficult. And, and, and it's, you know, you could do it sort of in a day or whatever it might be. And 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 that's really achievable, you right. know, and, and there needs to be we need to fill that middle ground. Right. And I think I think for the middle ground, too, I mean, it depends on your requirements mm. and I like kind of talk about, in, you know, through our company, we, we have an MGRC program and we do like mm -hmm. management, government risk and compliance. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to what's the driver that's driving that compliance. Is it a nice to have cause I'm a company or yeah. is there a driving fact because your, your industry says that if you want to run a business in this industry, you need yeah. to be PCI, ISO, GDPR, you know, yeah. whatever that compliance yeah. you need, you just need to be it cause it's a certain standard that you have to meet. Yeah. You know, and I think if it's a nice to have, you know, mm -hmm. we have like the NIST standards that you, the framework you can go off mm -hmm. of and, and just use as a framework and, and meet certain, you know, criteria. But if you're going for compliance and there's a yeah. driver that needs that, yeah. it becomes a very hard discussion for organizations because there's a lot of administrative controls, technical controls, mm -hmm. and things that are very costly to be able to implement over time and distance. And mm -hmm. then like, you know, is manage it manage mm -hmm. it over the next because it's not the point where i got it set up yeah. and now i'm done Whew, i can step yeah. away it's no now you have to manage it you have to manage the logs you have to manage the cyber where you have to manage the policies and you go through change yeah. management projects now you yeah. have to update all your documents and things that happen like it's just mm -hmm. this living breathing entity and yeah. people don't realize as they're doing that it is a huge undertaking in, indeed and uh, but i think um you know when gdpr first came out in europe people people were complaining like how are we going to you know make it so that all this data is deletable and all this kind of stuff and people were saying oh you know how do we do the marketing thing you, do, you know you can't have it ticked by default and all that kind of stuff but it, in my opinion gdpr has been a godsend because it pushed everybody up maybe just towards that as a sort of kind of mediocre level you know you know gets you know you got to push people a little bit i think the more the more industries where you make it contingent on uh on, on that even low level of regulation uh within the industry suddenly everyone comes in and everybody's a winner the bar moves up right and i think it's an ongoing dynamic bar because as you know you set that bar and you get them at a certain level the hackers mm -hmm. go okay you're here but i'm over here and i'm up at this level and i'm gonna yeah. chip away at you and then you have to 
but you moving, yeah. but you gotta fight you you can't not fighting because you think that virus dynamic is not an option right right and that's why just to educate people that are watching this or maybe you're thinking that ah i'm a small like you said i'm a small company i don't have to worry about it like you said yeah. they'll chip away at you like it's it's yeah. one thing like social engineering right and they'll work on your staff and just trying to compromise yeah. them that way email yeah. phishing campaigns you know bots and all that from your access points and you know yeah. infiltrate kind of your data or your yeah. servers whatever that may be they're yeah. trying at all different angles right it's not yeah. just one it's not especially like a, business email compromise especially you know like you, your staff and, and getting you know oh my bank account details have changed and if you don't have the policies in place like some of the smaller organizations do you're more at risk because someone's going to email you someday oh just change the bill you change the bank account number on that and send me the 50k you know and, and I, you hear the horror stories and, I, and, it, and in ways i think it's the smaller companies that are much more susceptible to those invoice frauds i never actually looked at the figures of invoice fraud across size and mm -hmm. uh, but i'm i i I imagine it could be quite horrible in the low areas. Well, I think it was on the news. Uh, Barbara from the Shark Tank, she got compromised from that 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 exact scenario. Right. Where someone sent in, hey, you haven't paid the invoice, mm -hmm. right? and it went to her their assistant or you know the mm -hmm. person that, that was signing off. They didn't realize, you know, it wasn't a valid email. They went yeah. and sent the check, right, and they sent the check to the wrong person, and sure yeah. enough, they compromised them yeah yeah and it's it's horrible and and who are and like you small as a small business you're also more at risk because when that happens you might have only four or five clients right. you know and now you've suddenly ruined the relationship with one of them <laughs> you know well and then you as you know then that could affect their brand reputation across the rest because they could have relationships with the mm -hmm. other other clients and like if you got compromised yeah. uh, i'm not going to take the risk and, and work with that company anymore and yeah, that yeah. with smaller companies they're more likely to close from a breach, right? Than yeah. than the larger ones because they can sustain the remediation, the brand reputation, yeah. and they can grow back. Where smaller companies might not be able to sustain it. They, they can't. They don't. They they don't. They don't have the overhead capacity to absorb that. Oh, exactly. So we're coming close to the end. Was there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to share? I do. Um, no, I think we did. I think we did pretty. We went through. I mean, I'm thinking back to to what I wanted to talk about. No, that's pretty good. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, you know, Octiga, right? Is that, is okay. that? Uh, yeah, it's, I don't even know. I, I like to let people pronounce it how they want. Octiga, Octiga, you know, that's just, that just, that just interests me how, how you could pronounce that. So the idea of Octiga was this sort of this octopus, you know, yeah. fixing all these different settings and bells and whistles. And, and look, we were formed out of the idea and it alludes to a lot of stuff we've just talking about here that SMEs are underserved by cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I'm a SaaS guy from the background, you know, I've been learning cybersecurity in the last couple of years and I was approached by another cybersecurity guy and he said, look, let's put our brains together and let's make, let's automate the stuff that I do in the consultancy a lot. Uh, and let's do that. You know, the, on the end that's really good for SMEs because they're being underserved by this stuff. Let's let's give them affordable uh, detection. And the real problem for, for SMEs is, well, sort of the half that use Office 365, they don't know how to configure it correctly not trying to be disingenuous to them, but there's a lot of bells and whistles. The cloud is not secure out of the box kind of idea. So, you know, part of the part of the way what we wanted to focus on is a load of wizards that really simplify that, that a small medium enterprise can get their teeth into. And then it's sort of a cheap 
affordable i won't say cheap but an affordable monitoring uh, solution to you know keep them secure all at a kind of affordable price so that that was our raison d'etre and that's what's brought us the platform we that we released recently it's also got remediation again now we talk about the nist thing right it's it's that whole cyber security journey it's not just focusing on you know i'm dealing with external attacks you know that covers you know when you do that you you naturally cover all the internal and the external and that's sort of our our journey um so far does that answer your question on what's the best way for people to get a hold of you if they have any questions um, go to octiga.io there's a contact page there you can drop drop it there uh, i'm rob mcfeely i think my handle is on on uh, linkedin you can get me up there i i love linkedin it's it's um it's not as saturated as email right for me anyway right <laughs> and uh you can reach me on linkedin you know drop drop to our site octiga.io octiga.io and drop into the, the contact page and we're always on our our info our info email address doesn't go into the bin it we we try to answer all those and uh, reach up, ask me a question. You know, I love having a chat. For sure. And then what I'll do, guys, uh, you guys are watching, I'll post in the description when this gets uh, reposted on YouTube and all the shared sites. Sure. I'll, I'll actually keep it the the website as well as the social sites that you guys could go and reach out that. and ask any questions that you might have. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert, this was awesome. It was great to kind of talk to you in the new year and to kind of see kind of the plans. What's your plan for 2021? Well, we're, we're, we've just released and we've got some POCs running and we're, we're trying to get adopters in. Uh, one of the things we're doing right now is we're, we're letting people into the platform for free for, for, for some time. All we're looking for in exchange for that is feedback. You know, uh, look, our platform is ready and ready to go, but we're not you know, we're not we're not trying to be aggressive about making people pay up front because we realize that the capital we need right now is feedback to make it better so that we can pull that back into our hockey stick. And um, so that, that's our sort of our growth strategy. Um, so look, we're looking for people to just try it out as much as possible and, uh, and and give us that feedback. So that that's the exciting things that happen with us right now. And we're also reaching out to partners, consultants, managed service providers who, who, who want to get on board, who want to try that and want to find a kind of an affordable solution for SMEs, SMBs, as you guys call them in North America, small, medium businesses, small, medium enterprises. Awesome. Now, if anyone's watching this right now, if you guys have any questions before we, uh, you know, finish off the stream, let me know uh, if you're on Twitch or YouTube. Comment. We'll, we'll answer any questions right now. I think for me, uh, Robert, I mean, looking at this and kind of looking at the recap of 2020 and then where mm -hmm. we're going, I think you're right. I think it comes down to culture. I think mm -hmm. it comes down to cybersecurity awareness. And mm -hmm. now really looking at how companies like ours, right, we're going to really support people over the next you know, 12 months, because I don't think this pandemic worldwide is uh, is going to subside anytime soon because no. there's a, still a lot going on. I mean, people yeah. are the vaccines and things that they're doing. I think companies yeah. are still going to, you know, have the challenges and they're going to need support. They're going to need not only just education, they're going to need resources. Yeah. They're going to need experts to kind of give them guidance yeah. and advice. Yeah, and, and that's and that's got to be easy and accessible for them because they've got their own worries right now, whether that's business worries or whether that's home worries. And let's face it, we're all facing both. Right. And, and you know, that's got to be easy and, and accessible. Um, and so, you know, that's 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 our job, right? For sure. Awesome. Well, I'm going to have you wait in the lobby. Uh, I'm just going to finish off this. So, guys, this has been a great uh, podcast. I mean, we've learned a lot, a lot, lot going on in 2020, a lot happening in this new year. Uh, Robert really gave us some insight about, you know, cloud security and you know what 
Octiga is going to be doing and working on. Uh, again, I'm going to have it in the comments below in the description. Uh, if you want to connect and reach out, uh, he's going to have the social sites, everything out there. Uh, I'll be posting this on Thursday to let you know. Uh, and we're just going to keep going and just keep rocking. Now, to let you guys know, uh, tonight there's going to be another uh, live session. I'm going to be doing a meetup. Uh, I'm going to be talking about some uh, cybersecurity defense in depth. So a lot of great things happening there. Uh, again, I'll have the links to that. Uh, watch my social sites, uh, Brandon at Twitter.com. Or sorry, Brandon, uh, Twitter.com at uh, forward slash Brandon Krieger. Watch that. Uh, you're going to see the post out there when that, that goes live. Uh, again, the goal for me for 2021 is just to help you guys as much as possible, bringing experts like Robert in so that we can help you learn more about cybersecurity and just really protect yourself as you're going. And so last I want to re remind you, don't forget, software's hackle, being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next Daily Cyber.